episode number 38, Sunday, July 22nd, 2012. It's that time again. XJ Talk Show is on the air. Uh, Okay, so it's a podcast, but you know what I mean. Anyway, here's Tony. Hi, guys. This is uh, Tony Motoroy from uh, XJTalk.com. And uh, trying to uh, get back doing the weekly shows. Hopefully you're uh, listening and uh, enjoying the shows. I've been getting uh, several comments that uh, the shows are great. I think that... uh, Maybe some some of you are just embellishing that because uh, you don't want me to stop again, which which uh, I think is is a, a great strategy on your part. <laughs> so keep the uh, seriously though, keep the uh, the comments coming. Uh, I do want to hear what you like and what you don't like about the show. Uh, very important. Trying to uh, find a little structure uh, for the show, but uh, mainly. Uh, going to focus on, on getting the shows out. So uh, anyway, we'll get started here with the full show in just a moment. XJTalk.com. It's where you go when you're not off-road. love that music i'm gonna have to get some uh, some more music i know sooner or later but i i really enjoy that one that's uh that's some nice stuff anyway um i'm gonna start the the show this week with uh doing a little bit of bragging um i uh if you're a member of xjtalk.com and you've been on the site since uh, yesterday uh, you probably have already read the post but i was very fortunate in fact uh, so fortunate i'm a little concerned that uh uh, something's going to happen where it doesn't work out. But uh, I was a little fortunate, and uh, about midweek last week, I just happened to think uh, one of the things that I've, I've wanted for quite some time is a, a locker uh, for my Jeep. And uh, I think the, the common one of the common things is, is to put a rear locker on your Jeep first. Uh, that's what I, that's what I thought, always thought would be the best thing, but that may go back to my days of um, hot riding and wanting... Uh, positive traction in the rear end. So um, I had pretty much settled on an ARB locker, whereas the um, ARB, I'm sorry, the AUX lockers, I believe, uh, the mechanical lockers, I definitely wanted a selectable. And um, I felt that the mechanical locker was probably a better choice. I like that idea of a a cable going back there and you engaging or disengaging by the, the lever. My concern was, was how nice I could make the installation, keeping in mind that my, my 98 Jeep Cherokee is a, a daily driver. So I didn't want to butcher it up 
trying to put a, a lever in there and I wasn't quite sure where it would go on the you know on the center console. I'm sure I could have figured something out, but the other thing I needed to be concerned with, uh, and keeping in mind that my wife or uh, daughter that's driving and daughter that will be driving soon probably would never engage a locker, but there is always that possibility. And it's much easier to explain to somebody that doesn't use one all the time, you press this button to turn it on, you press the same button the other way to turn it off. I mean, that's really, really simple. And then you can explain to them when you can use it. And, of course, the nice thing about having a rear locker is you can pretty much use it all the time, anytime. You're, you're really not going to do any kind of damage to the Jeep or the, uh, the rear axle. Now, I, I understand that some of you folks that live uh, north and north of uh, the Houston, Texas area, that you get ice and snow, and I believe that um, open uh, differentials is what is the best thing for that environment. I don't know, and um, about 99.9% of the time, that's not an issue here. It's it's very rare for us to get ice, any ice overs uh, during the winter. And you know, winter <laughs> winter exists uh, for two days in February, and uh, those two days aren't always next to each other. So uh, I can always learn about that, but it's really easy. It would be very easy to tell the other people that might be driving my Jeep that uh, if you get into a situation where you can't move forward, uh, it's just, you know, the tires are spinning or um, you're kind of a cattywampus uh, in a ditch, then you press this button and press the, the little pedal that makes it go and you should move forward or backward for that, for that matter. Anyway. So I saw this uh, ARB air locker for a uh, Chrysler 8.25 uh, axle on eBay. It was no reserve and no bids. There was a buy it now, I think, for $750. And there was um, the opening bid, the first bid that was going to be accepted. In, the, in other words, there was no bid, so you know it was zero. But the first bid that was going to be accepted was $499 and no cents. Nope, not even the .99. It was $499 even. So from Wednesday, I watched it off and on. The uh, auction was due to be over Saturday around 6 o'clock my time. So around 4 o'clock Saturday afternoon, uh, I, I continued checking it. No bids, no bids, no bids. This is a brand new ARB air locker and no bids if you guys have priced these things i mean when i first started looking at the arbs they were about 750 i believe maybe eight hundred dollars and this one was 499 brand new not from a not from a, a dealer i don't believe um so uh, basically the the gentleman in the listing had said that it was purchased and put on a shelf and never used so I don't know if that means that it was purchased for uh, his Jeep and never used, or it was purchased for resale and never sold. Um, didn't ask, didn't care. I didn't want to show too much interest in it <laughs> until until the the auction was was nearly over. Uh, I, whenever I bid on eBay, I, I do what's called uh, sniper bidding, 
and I think everybody hates it. I, I like it because uh, most of the time I get what I'm trying to, to, to bid on. And uh, sniper bidding, if you're not familiar with the term, is uh, waiting to the last possible moment and then placing a bid. And I like that from the standpoint that it keeps me from getting in a bidding war with somebody. I decide how much it's worth to me, and that's what I bid. And I wait uh, less than a minute in the left in the auction before I bid. <clears throat> so less than a minute, Saturday, yesterday, I and there was still no bids. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. It just makes me nervous thinking about it. <laughs> there was no bids. Four ninety nine was the first bid, if and when it got made. So, at the twenty second mark, I hit the little button for the the bid of six hundred and fifty one dollars and ninety nine cents that I had placed in there. Now, mind you, the the full price. The most expensive price that I've seen for the, uh, what is it, RD93 uh, ARB air locker uh, is 1096 The best price I've seen is about uh, 996 990 980 something like that. So at 651 or let's just say 650 it's still an excellent price. So at 20 seconds before the, the auction was over, I put in my bid, my maximum bid, of six fifty one ninety nine, and confirmed my bid, and then you get a little this little pop up window that tells you how many seconds are left in uh, the auction, and you know if you want to raise your bid, you can put it right there and hit OK. <clears throat> so I get that little window about nine seconds left in the auction, and it and you see the seconds count down nine, eight. Seven and at the very top it says your bid is the highest bid or you have the highest bid or whatever and it, it shows you and my bid was four ninety nine dot zero zero because it doesn't matter if you if you bid six hundred and fifty one dollars or a million one point two million dollars it's only going to jump in the increments that the seller has listed for that for that product so I I, I watched the the countdown five. Four, three, two, one. Long pause. You were the winner. And it had my name. <laughs> Four ninety nine even. There was only one bid. It was my bid. And I got that thousand dollar locker for four ninety nine plus. $25 shipping. Even the shipping was decent because you know that's a that's a pretty good heavy hunk of metal. So that that was my Saturday, man. I was just really shocked and excited. Now the the same guy that was selling the the ARB air locker was also selling a uh what's I, I may maybe pronouncing it incorrectly, uh Auburn electric uh locker, electric locker for uh, a Dana 30. And it was uh, four ninety nine was the opening bid would would be the first bid there was no bids and uh, the uh, he had a buy it now of six ninety nine on it I believe 
And a lot, that I like the idea of the Auburn Electric because it is selectable. It is selectable by a switch. You do not have to have an air compressor or a an air tank to actuate the the locker the locking mechanism. Um, the only thing I don't like about it is is ha- and, and somebody feel free to correct me on this if I'm wrong. Um, it has clutches, and I don't like the idea of clutches. Clutches mean you have to change them because they are going to wear and etc. Whereas the ARB doesn't have clutches. It's all metal, and I think a big pin gets slid into place or something whenever you hit that uh, the air source, and it locks. So that's the reason why I wanted to go the air locker, even though you have to have some sort of air source. Uh, I'm installing an, an air source anyway, and I'll get to that in a minute. So anyway, the, uh, uh, the, the Auburn Electric for the Dana 30 was uh, ended about 20 minutes after the ARB. And uh, I told a buddy of mine about it and said, man, you ought to bid $500. I didn't price that one, but I was pretty sure that was a good price on it. Several hundred dollars less than what the, the new price would be. I think they go for around 800 at least uh, the one I remember pricing for the, uh, the eight and a quarter um, Chrysler axle. So uh, anyway, uh, he didn't bid. Nobody bid. Nobody bid on this either. So uh, the Auburn, 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 Auburn electric locker for the Dana 30, no bids, one bid of four ninety nine would have taken it. And I think that was $25 shipping on it as well. Um, I'm personally, if I ever get a locker for the front, it'll be a selectable. And I've already made the decision that's going to be an ARB. Um, I know that uh, I could probably get away with putting a, a locker on the Dana 30 um, and not having to worry about breaking an axle if I just take take it easy with the pedal, the skinny pedal, but I'm not known to do that. So before I do that, I will probably get some chrome molly axles to uh, replace the, the stock ones I have in there just to be on the safe side. And, um, that, and that is only if I ever go that direction and get a front locker. Uh, that would be really, really cool, but I don't think that it would be necessary. It's my, my Jeep is a daily driver, not a, a dedicated off-road rig. It would be a lot of fun to have it. And who knows? I mean, I never would have thought in a million years that I would have got a brand new ARB air locker for the Chrysler eight and a, eight and a quarter for 500 bucks. Um, so it's always possible that I can run across an ARB for the, for the day and 30. And I may run across one that's damn cheap and have to buy it, have to have it. So I was very fortunate to be able to uh, be in the financial position to actually uh, buy that locker as it, uh, as it became available like that. So I hope that's not too bad for the gentleman that was selling it because um, uh, if he was a dealer, then he probably got it for a good price and, and maybe he's not taking a loss or much of a loss on it. And certainly having uh, cash on your shelf um, is costing you something because you don't have that cash to, to make use of, uh, of the cash for uh, paying electricity, paying employees, et cetera, et cetera. And the same could be true if he was just an individual selling something. He could have, uh, you know, he probably had uh, over $1,000 tied up in those two lockers that, that he wasn't using. So now he's getting some money back. So anyway, I'm a little nervous because it's such a great deal. <laughs> I'm a little nervous <laughs> that something's going to happen. He's got a 100% um, 
what do you call it? A uh, uh, 100%, uh, I don't know, quality approval rating on uh, eBay. I'll think about it here as soon as the show's over. I can't think of words sometimes whenever I'm doing this show. And um, so he's got a 100% approval rating and uh, 164 uh, eBay transactions. So he's not new and he hasn't pissed anybody off on their sales. Now, I could be the first one. <laughs> I'm not overly concerned about it based on, uh, based on his, um, his score that, that eBay has given him or rather the people that have done transactions with him have, have given him. So um, I'm just um, hoping that, and I'm really not concerned about losing the money. I paid through PayPal and I believe they, uh, they will um, reimburse you if somebody tries to steal your money. And, uh, but anyway, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. I just got this thing yesterday. So I'm, I'm hoping very soon I will have it in my hot little hands and, uh, to be sure I'll be taking pictures or you should be sure I'll be taking pictures and, uh, posting it on XJ talk. Now I'm not going to be getting in any big hurry to install, um, this in the, uh, the, uh, rear end of my 98 Jeep because I'm not quite sure how I'm going to go about that. I need to find somebody to do it now. Um, and I, I need to find somebody that's a good quality, you know, shop to do it and, and price it out and so on and so forth. So I'm figuring it's going to cost around 300 bucks to have it done. And, uh, it'll be, uh, it'll be nice to uh, have the, uh, the ring and pinion, uh, rechecked from when, the 456 gears were installed uh, three or four years ago. Haven't had any problems uh, with it. It's been a very good install. I have no reason to believe that it has any problems. But uh, when I got it installed, it wasn't installed with um, any of the, I don't even know what they're called, the the pieces of equipment that you need to set the uh, uh, backlash and the pinion depth and yada, yada. Uh, now, we did put the... Um, what do you call it? The the paint on the the gear, and then run you know ran it back and forth, and it, it had good contact. Obviously, after running it for three or four years and not having any issues, the the contact is good. And and I have taken it off road, and it performs very well. It's it's a lot of fun uh, having um, that low a gear to uh, go up and over things uh, on the trail. It makes it very easy, and really uh, the engine almost idles over the stuff. So anyway, um, the thing that I have to get done before I can install uh, the locker would be to have an air source. Now, I do have a two and a half gallon Via Air tank that I need to install, and uh, I'm hoping to accomplish that this coming weekend. I'm taking off a couple of days, so I will be looking at that on probably Thursday. Uh, of this week and currently the plans are to mount it on the floorboard of the jeep just behind the np242 transfer case now i think that the the transfer case uh is a little lower than uh sits a little lower than a 231 and i need to do a little bit i need to to get a jack and actually hold that thing up in place hold the tank up in place and do some measurements I did it quickly the other day and had my daughter take a picture, but she didn't really get quite the angle on it that, that I wanted to, to get a good idea how far down it was hanging. Just my guesstimate, it looks like it might be a half inch lower. The tank might be a half inch lower 
than the lowest portion of the 242. So right now I'm, I'm fairly confident that that's where I want to install the tank. Um, it probably will need a skid plate of some sort. And I'm planning on just running the, um, the air hose along the inside of the uh, unibody rails. That right, you know, the unibody, I guess they're rails, the little um, U channel that makes up the pseudo frame uh, that runs along uh, the both sides of the uh, bottom of the Cherokee. I thought about running it on the inside, but I don't really know if that's a clear shot all the way up to the um, engine compartment uh, or not. Uh, so I think uh, Steve. Um, uh, 4.3 uh, LXJ uh, ran his hoses uh, or ran the hose that he has on his air system, onboard air system. He ran it along the uh, the inside of the uh, the unibody rail, I believe. And um, I'm going to do the same thing. I think he used some nylon tie wraps. I'm actually going to see if I can't find some of those. Um, um, I guess they are, they're like, um, I don't know, tubing clips. They're metal. And they have uh, a little piece of rubber so that it doesn't rub on the uh, the tubing. And in, in my case, it would not rub on the air hose. And uh, it should make it pretty easy, especially uh, if there's a, any damage or any leaks, it'll make it very easy to remove that hose and replace it if it's along the outside of the rail. Um, and, uh, it'll, you know, of course, it'll be a good mud collector, but, um, uh, yeah, I, th I think that it probably would be the best way for me to go, just on the outside of the rail. So what I have to do, I don't have a air compressor. Um, what I do have is the tank, and I have a via air gauge in a A-pillar pod, what do you call it? Uh, A-pillar pod gauge mount. And um, so what I have to do is I have to uh, get all the little bits for the, uh, the tank uh, so that I can run Someplace, uh, I'm thinking about having two places that I can connect a coiled air hose, uh, you know, the quick disconnects, and actually mount them on the sliders towards the back of the sliders, kind of between the uh, rocker panel and the slider. And then that way that, that will keep them protected anytime I go over anything but it'll still be available so that I can plug into, uh, take the coil, coiled air hose and plug it into either the passenger or driver's side and then the air up the tires on either side. Now, I could go up to the front or I could come out the back or I could do both, but um, I think that um, on the sides make m the best sense for my Jeep and it makes it easy if I need to pull up next to somebody else uh, and air up their tires because it'll be right there. Now, obviously, since I don't have a, an air compressor, onboard air compressor yet, it really won't be too good for uh, airing up tires uh, because there's a, a limited amount of volume that that 2.5-gallon uh, via air tank can hold. So right now, the plan was just to get something that I could use to um, make the other thing that I have to install. Well, I shouldn't say have to, like I... I have to because it's it's mandatory or necessary. It's something else I want to install, which is another thing I've posted about, which is the air horn <laughs> that I got. I've been uh, I've had that thing for about a month now, 
and it is uh, it looks like something that you would see on the top of an 18 wheeler uh, cab. It's uh, supposed to be 140, 150 decibel uh, air horn. It's a dual trumpet. It has uh, a electric solenoid um, that will let the air into the the trumpet, so it will blow the uh, get out of the way or get off your cell phone uh, noise. <laughs> I have uh, I have needed to use since I got the the air horn since I got the trumpets. I have needed to use the air horn on about five occasions. And I'm not saying want to use, I mean need to use. I had a lady that was talking on a cell phone come straight out from a, uh, across three lanes of traffic and pull straight into front of me. She wasn't paying attention at all. I am a little concerned that it might cause an accident. I'm not really concerned that I'll be involved in that accident. <laughs> but I, I, I really don't... Seriously, though, I don't want anybody getting uh, hurt, or more than likely they wouldn't be hurt, but they would be inconvenienced and perhaps uh, lose some money because of the damage to their vehicle whenever they react to the the horn going off. Now, with that said, air horns have been on the roads for years. Uh, 18-wheelers have been using them for years. Trains have been using them. The the only thing I'm really concerned about is, is that people probably won't expect it coming from uh, a Jeep. That's part of the fun, of course, but they probably won't expect it coming from a Jeep. So what I'm planning on doing is, is uh, installing the air tank and then having the two feeds uh, on both the passenger and driver's side rear towards kind of towards the, the rear tires. And then uh, that coiled air hose that I have will be long enough to go to the front tire and certainly long enough to go to the, the rear tire on either side. And then uh, I plan on having a, a line that I can run up to. And I'm, I'm thinking about trying to install it, uh, the line that where it runs to, to the gas cap, putting it under the gas cap, or not under the gap, gas cap, but the, the area where the gas cap is, because you know you have that little door that closes. I want to put a fitting on there so that I can air up the tank. And then um, I can just uh, open up that f- uh, the gas cap door, air up the tank, close the door, go down the road. I'll have the, the, the via air pressure gauge on the A-pillar that I'll be able to monitor how much air I have in the tank and know when to fill it up again. And, of course, I can fill it up at home or I can fill it up at a gas station if you can find a gas station that has a, any real air compressors anymore. But certainly I'll be able to fill it up at home. And it's not a mandatory item for me. It's just something that I'll use to uh, play, if you will, the air horn. And so I'm kind of interested to see how well, how many air horn toots I will be able to get out of it uh, on a full tank. Now, this whole idea really came about because my next door neighbor, whenever I was living at home with my parents, um, he drove from... Uh, Baytown, which is a suburb about 20 miles east of Houston, he would drive from Baytown into Houston where he worked at a steel mill. And uh, he installed a a tank, an air tank, and an air horn on his Ford pickup. And he would use it quite often, (laughs) from what I was told, because of the 
idiots where he was driving into Houston. Now, a lot of those idiots were driving from Baytown into Houston just like him, but still, they were still idiots. And what I thought was really cool was, number one, that he had this, uh, and number two, he just had it, uh, had a little, uh, it was kind of in the, the rear wheel well, there was a little um, valve sticking out where whenever he would go get gas, he would just fill up that tank. And of course, he didn't have an air pressure gauge or anything like that. He just, he would just fill it up and he would not, you know, pop the, the tank that he had and it was hidden and you didn't see any of it. And uh, I think he had a, um, I think he had a floor switch, uh, what he is, what he would use to activate it. So that's the other thing I need to find is a, a floor switch, just like people used to have, or, or people used to use in the older vehicles for high and low beam. You would use your foot and you know, hit that switch and it would go uh, high beam, low beam. Uh, it's electrical switch, so it should work out perfectly fine for uh, me actuating that uh, electric valve on the uh, on the air horn. So I'll just need to see if I can find someone like that. Um, surely they still sell the replacement uh, floor switches for the old 70s. and uh, I don't know if they, if they still did it in the 80s. I know I had a... Um, a 73 uh, Nova that had that, 72 Nova, and uh, that had uh, a floor switch. So uh, there's other ways to actuating it, but I, I'm thinking that since I have a, an automatic transmission and it's just the natural thing to, to do is to stomp your foot as hard as you can on the floor <laughs> when somebody pulls out in front of you, that that ought to work out really well. Now, I could always put a, a button someplace uh, and uh, hide it anywhere. I could stick it in the inside the uh, what do you call the, the the emergency brake, the console. You know, there's a little little furry thing there <laughs> that it's uh, some fibers that uh, kind of close up that uh, hole where the uh, emergency brake handle is. I thought about even installing a switch on inside of there where you stick your finger inside uh, that little uh, enclosed area, hidden area, and there'd be a button to actuate the uh, the air horn. But I think uh, also, too, for anybody else that might be driving the vehicle, the um, the floor switch would work out really well. So I need to find a floor switch. I need to find some brackets so that I can mount the hose to the, um, the unibody. Uh, I know I'm going to have just holy hell trying to get that air hose. Uh, not, I'm hoping to use a much smaller air hose that I have in a kit, a VIA air kit, I'm hoping to use that with maybe some different type connectors because it's smaller and more flexible and run that up to the gauge because there's not a lot of room to run uh, an air hose up the A-pillar uh, to, to a gauge. <clears throat> so I'll just have to figure that one out. But it will be really, really nice being able to see how much air I have in the tank. Now, once I have this thing set up where I can air up the tank and I can... Uh, uh, air up uh, tires from the tank. Again, that won't be the primary thing. That might be a good emergency thing for uh, airing up uh, uh, slightly uh, a tire that is low. But, uh, I mean, I'm going to be realistic and, and not say I'm going to be airing up uh, four uh, 33 by 12 and a half inch tires. But anyway, once it's, once it's all set up, it will be very easy to add in an uh, air compressor. Okay, relatively easy to add in an air compressor. And I'm looking at, uh, I forget the model number, but I'm looking at the 100% duty cycle uh, via air air pump. And I'm, I'm hoping to be able to find a, 
a good place under the hood to install that. Now, I may try installing it just above the rear axle. And I kind of don't like that because it's it's really going to be exposed to the environment there. And I don't think that the axle would hit it. Uh, in fact, some people have recommended that's where, where I install the, the two and a half gallon uh, tank. Um, but uh, I think I'm going to try to do the tank where, where I said before. I'll know more once I have a jacket up into place where I can hold it where I think it needs to be and then do, do some measurements and, and take some pictures and, and uh, get a better idea of how much room I'm going to have there. Um, but <clears throat> anyway, so uh, I'll, I'll find a place for the air compressor. It's always possible that I could install the air compressor in the cargo area in the back of the Jeep. I'm kind of against that because I do like the idea of keeping that area clear so that I can put things in the back and I have to worry about taking something out or bumping something or et cetera, et cetera. Now, I probably could get away with mounting it on top of the wheel well uh, where the, the, on the driver's side where the spare tire was normally sitting. Um, the other downside to that is is having it come on and run inside the the, the you know, how loud it is on the inside of the vehicle. Um, it really wouldn't bother me so much as it would bother my family when it came on if we were going someplace. And I'll have it on a switch, so I'll be able to turn it on and off, <clears throat> enable it or disable it. And of course, I'll have it where it it runs and fills the uh, the air tank automatically and cycles basically where it turns on and off automatically if I have it on. I even have a switch on the panel for the uh, the onboard air compressor. So I'll be able to control that so it doesn't um, do it while the, in, while the engine's off and, you know, like sitting in the garage. I'm sure I'll leave it on sometime, but uh, the idea would be to, <laughs> I'm going to have to wind up having a, a checklist like you do whenever you uh, go out to the, end of the uh, taxiway and do your run up and check the magnetos and look for the RPM dip and do the visual inspection of flaps and ailerons and blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> but anyway, it will be, uh, it'll be cool to have all that stuff uh, installed and operational and certainly uh, will be nice having the, the 100% duty cycle air compressor because then I will be able to air up all the tires. Uh, I don't know how long it'll take. In fact, that might be an interesting experiment that I'll do is once I get it installed, I will completely air down a tire, one complete tire, and then uh, I will air it up and time it and see how long it will take. And then I will know how long it will take me to air up the tire if it's completely flat. And uh, I'll probably do a secondary time from whenever it gets to be about 15 PSI and, uh, you know, which you you would lower it down to 10 or 15 PSI going off-road. And then see how long it takes it to air it up from, from 10 or 15 PSI to, I think I'm running them at, at 33 PSI, whatever the recommended uh, uh, level is, uh, trying to get the you know the best gas mileage you can, which is, is almost hard not to laugh at whenever you think of 33-inch um, uh, four-wheel drive, lifted four-wheel drive with several hundred pounds of armor and uh, spare tire and et cetera, et cetera. Um, if you say mileage, <laughs> gas mileage, improving the gas mileage. But, uh, you know, any, any little bit helps. So uh, I like to try to do as much as I can.
xjtalk.com. It's where you go when you're not off-road. Okay, well, that's the uh, the scoop on the, uh, the lager, which I'm very happy about. And uh, the scoop, so to speak, on the, uh, the air system that I'm hoping to install that ultimately will control the uh, locker engaging and disengaging. So uh, looking forward to that and looking forward to telling you more about it, both uh, here on the podcast and on xjtalk.com, which uh, brings me back to uh, you know your involvement with xjtalk.com. It is a forum. Uh, where we rely on posts and interactions with people, just like this show does. And we'd like to have you post on xjtalk.com and uh, you know get your questions answered, maybe share some of the things that you found out, and uh, help others uh, give back to the, uh, the, the hundreds and thousands of Jeep Cherokee owners that have uh, you know, gone there and done it before you. Give a little back. Help the uh, help the newbies to learn more. I I was a newbie not very long ago. Even though I had had a, a Jeep Cherokee since '98, I just drove it and took care of it as best I could, and uh, learned a lot about it. Whenever I started uh, doing the lift and modifying it to go off road, so uh, get on xjtalk.com and uh, post get some questions answered, and answer some questions. Now, as far as the show goes, you can always call in to our 24-hour by 7-day-a-week voicemail line and uh, post your, or or not necessarily post, but uh, leave your question via voicemail, and we can play them here on the show. We, uh, We took a bit of a hiatus, so we don't have any current questions or comments to play so it would be really really cool if you would take the time to call in and uh, give us your comments or questions it doesn't have to be anything fancy it can just be um oh it could just be a promo tell us what uh, xj talk means to you either the podcast or the forum uh in fact i have one uh that uh, actually i have several that uh i've really enjoyed and Here's one from uh, Brian XJ, who unfortunately is spending more time with uh, uh, his new love interest instead of the uh, the site, but uh, we still love him, and hopefully he'll be back on the site very, very soon. This is Brian XJ, just calling in to tell you that we really like the website, full of a lot of tech and a lot of good people. I always get a response back quickly. Thanks. Have a good day. And here's one from uh, one of our moderators, Steve uh, Four point three LXJ. I mentioned mentioned him earlier. Hey, I just wanted to tell you about XJTalk.com. It's a great site. There's no bashing. Everybody's nice and friendly. Great place to be. It's real easy to uh, to leave a a comment or a question. All you have to do is uh, call our number, and uh, you know, talk when you hear the beep. Do you have a question or comment that you'd like to hear on the show? Just call 530-675-4102 any time of the day or night and leave it on our voicemail. So the number again is 530-675-4102. And I really hope you will uh, choose to leave us a comment or question. And I got to play this one. I've always enjoyed this one. You guys are probably sick of it, but I, I really enjoy it. 
This is Big Jim 350, and I f***ing love xjtalk.com. <laughs> He's not kidding. Jim's, Jim is another one of our moderators, and uh, he is on every day. And you can usually find him in uh, chat, which is uh, towards the top of each one of the pages uh, on xjtalk.com. If you don't see chat, if you don't see the chat window, that means that you are not a member, and you have, or you, if you are a member, you're not logged in. And we have a, a very simple rule about the the chat window. Once you once you're there as a member and logged in, you can chat, you can read the chats, and you can send a chat. But we first would like for you to make one post. So if you make a post then you can chat in the chat window for 24 hours. So it, we try to keep it really loose. We don't want to upset anybody. Certainly chatting isn't the main function of the, of the forum. It's just kind of a, a value-added fun thing. And that's what we would like for you to do is just maintain uh, a general chat uh, in the chat window, not anything specific about uh, questions te- of, a, of a technical nature because you know, people will be losing out on that information if you don't post it. Um, you could be having a, uh, a spark plug issue, a misfire issue, uh, a uh, check engine light, and a specific code. And, you know, you can ask in chat, and you can probably get an answer, but you're not going to get a, a very detailed answer, more than likely. You're not going to get perhaps the best answer because you're only you're limited to the people that are in chat at the at the moment whenever you ask the question and the thing that's most important at least to me is that if that question is asked in chat it's there and now it's gone only those folks that are there will see it whereas if you take the time to post it it'll be there for years and so will the answer so even though it may not give you a quick answer like what you're hoping to get when when you go into chat that question and answer will be available for years to come and it, and it could always help you out in the long run especially if everybody does it then chances will be good that when you you go to find your problem on xj talk you'll be able to find it and you won't have to go into chat and ask the question because somebody has already done it and gone through the steps necessary to fix or uh, understand why it acts that way. So please feel free to use chat. If you're a a new member uh, and the color of your username is blue, that means that you will need to post at least one time in a 24-hour period to be able to chat. You'll be able to read the chats. You just won't be able to send them. I know it's a bit confusing. We just didn't want to get people used to the idea of not posting. So this is as minimal as we could set it to to try to encourage people to post. And we're not, you know, you can just go say, hey, welcome to the site. That's a post. And go into chat. And, you know, we welcome you in chat. We like in, in, uh, engaging with all of you. And you'll find Wayne uh, Cantab27, uh, moderator in New Zealand, and uh, Big Jim uh, 350 moderator uh, here in the Houston area they'll usually be on chat and usually usually in the wee hours of the night and morning um, I won't say chat's real busy it never really is the the forum is much more busier than, than the chat is and frankly that's the way uh, we would prefer to have it because the posts are king 
post is what people come for. Posts are, are what people find when they do searches on the internet and what bring them to us and, and give them answers. And I've been getting some feedback uh, here for the last six months or so about uh, how much uh, tech there is on XJ Talk. And uh, it's always been a very friendly site, and there's always been really uh, fun, interesting people, uh, respectful people on XJ Talk. But uh, obviously, it takes time to acquire um, questions and answers to things. And uh, several people have been giving me uh, compliments, gosh, more than six, that have told me that there are there is just a lot of really good tech on XJ Talk, and I'm very happy to hear that because... To me, that is the sign of a, a mature uh, Jeep forum site. Or in our case, because we've only been around for about three and a half years, a maturing Jeep Cherokee forum site. One of the things I'll be doing here shortly is uh, replacing the 4.0 liter engine in my Jeep Cherokee, 1998 Jeep Cherokee. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to that, and I'm not looking forward to that. <laughs> Because it is July, it's almost August. We we only have about eight or nine days until August. Uh, nine days, yeah, nine days because uh, uh, thirty-one days in, in July. So um, it's going to be hot. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a lot of work. But uh, the engine, all the parts are there, and the engine's about. Uh, I think everything's done to it, with the exception of uh, bolting and torquing the head on it. So um, Matt uh, over in Conroe, who's been uh, putting that engine together for me, has uh, been doing all the work. I've been collecting the parts and sending them, ordering them, and have just having them sent to his house. Um, looking forward to getting some more pictures of that for everybody, of course, but really interested in, in starting it up and running it. Uh, it will be a, it's not a stroker. I was a little concerned about um, how well it would the, any, any computer issues and so on and so forth but I uh, found out later that really wouldn't have been an issue but at that point we had had we had all the, the parts we had the crank turned uh, crank is in very good condition so not making a stroker it's just going to be a 60 over uh, mild uh, crane cam and uh, a lot of new parts because I wanted this engine to be a, uh, a good 200 to 300k mile engine Anyway, looking looking forward to not installing it so much as being done in, with the installation and hitting that starter and listening to it roar. Anyway, a uh, lot of good things coming up for uh, for my Jeep and hopefully for yours too. And uh, a lot of good posts about it, a lot of good pictures. So uh, hopefully we'll see you on the site and uh, maybe you'll join in and post what you're doing on your sites. So until our next show... Next week, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. This is uh, Tony with uh, XJTalk.com, Mudderoy. Look me up. Oh, red Jeeps are sexy. <laughs> I just wanted to say XJTalk is the best fucking site in the fucking world. And if you think you know of a better fucking site, fuck you. By the way, this is Big Jim 350. <laughs> Bye. Go Big Jim. <laughs>